Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Brother Jonathan Robertson. Uh, Brother Jonathan is the assistant pastor at First Baptist Church in Clinton, Illinois, also a graduate of Providence Baptist College. And so we're, uh, it's a distinct, uh, distinct pleasure to have him here with us and continuing our conversation with him. If you'd like to view our previous conversations with Brother Jonathan, you can check out our YouTube channel or any of the uh, audio-only podcasting platforms, and you can see and listen to our uh, interviews there. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. But the Jonathan, we've talked a little bit about, you know, you know, caring for the pastor as an assistant pastor. We talked about overcoming your youth and uh, how people view you as a young man in the ministry. Uh, but we're going to get a little bit into some more practical nuts and bolts sure. uh, things about being a youth pastor or an assistant pastor at the church. And whenever somebody thinks about a youth pastor, they think about the guy that gets to have all the fun. That's right. Right? You, you plan these activities. You're the fun guy oh, yeah. and, you know, the one that the teenagers all love to yeah. hang out with and things like that. And so we're going to be talking about, you know, the, you know, how to do a youth activity. Um, but also we'll probably talk about the whys. What What is the purpose of youth activities? So if you could, could you give us a little bit of a breakdown of how do you go through the activity planning process sure. and, you know, to make an activity successful for the teenagers? Well, I think it all comes down to planning um, well in advance for the activity. Um, every year our church does a vision night where we'll, um, our pastor will lay out the theme for the, for the new year and he'll give our church calendar uh, that uh, you want your church families to plan their calendars around the church calendar. And um, the church is not just a spoke on our life. It is the hub of our life. It should be at least. And, and, um, and so uh, we also have a teen calendar the pastor lets me give out, and um, on that, I plan all of our activities for the year, um, from January all the way to December, even with our summer activities. I try to have everything uh, nailed down with the cost and the date, and um, some of those will change, but a lot of them don't. It's just set in stone, and um, it helps the parents to plan their calendars, mm -hmm. and a lot of our teens have jobs now that now they have to ask off for those activities. I see. Yeah. And, um, and so it lets them know well in advance the dates they need to ask off. And um, so that's one way that I always try to stay on top of keeping them in the know. You know, um, if they don't know about the activity, the only person to blame for them not being at your activity is you. And um, so I try to always um, announce it uh, so much that they, you know, get annoyed with me announcing it so much. But it's coming up, and I try to let them know in advance. Um, and so that's important um, as far as planning the activity. But um, activities kind of shifted once I, you know, I, as a teenager, and you love activity, you love going to activities, or at least you should. And um, I love planning the activities. I always look at what I know that they'll enjoy doing and what I'll enjoy doing as planning it. But activities have more than just a um, goal of, you know, going bowling or going go-karting or paintballing. Uh, there is a goal in the activity, and that is um, really a couple fold for me, and one of them is to build camaraderie in our group as a whole. Um, I don't sure. plan activities just to take a quarter of the group or half of the group. I want everybody in our group to go and visitors. Um, I want them to invite their friends um, from school or um, somebody that they met on the street to come, uh, a teen visitor to come to church uh, or come to the activity. Because if I can get them there on a Friday night activity, I can go visit them on that Saturday, and chances are I can get them to come back on that Sunday and um, to get them into the group. That's the ultimate goal, and um, to get them in the youth group, see them save, and uh, see them growing in Christ. But And so, obviously, I try to um, build camaraderie in the group, but um, always try to make the activity spiritual in some way. You know, uh, whether it's 
on the bus ride home singing songs or having testimony time or getting one of the guys up to preach um, or me preaching uh, when we get back. Um, having a time of making it spiritual. It, it, it ought to be fun, it most most definitely, but it ought to always be spiritual as well and have, a, have an end goal, and that is to get... Um, our teens closer to each other, closer to Christ, and seeing new ones come as well. well that was a mouthful. So I want to break down some of what you just said because it was really good stuff. Um, you talked about the building, the camaraderie, mm-hmm. and you talked about you know, even visitors coming in and trying to integrate them into the youth group, integrate them and their families into the church. Sure. And by nature, we as humans, you know, we we like we we flock to the familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, as a teenager in church, you have your familiar friend. And that's the same person you talk to week in, week out. You probably talk about the same things every yes. week in, week out as Most well. Um, but then there's that new kid that's just visiting a youth group. Maybe they're just on that fringe a little bit. They're on the outside. They don't know as many people. Uh, and obviously, you as a youth pastor, you, you're trying to get that kid in. But you as a youth pastor can only do so much, right? right. How is it that you can try to maybe train your teenagers to get that fringe person, include them in whatever is going on? Well, that's a that's a good point to because teens are guilty of that, but adults are guilty of that sometimes. Sure, uh, you know, just uh, we become more professional in our small talk, but teens just are that's who they are. They are they they have their friends, and sometimes they just don't see that the world is bigger than you know little Clinton, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where if I see that that teen, because I've always said I can normally get a teen to come to church, you know, one time, two times, but that teen's only going to stay in church. If they have a relationship there, you know, a friendship there. Um, and so I try to get them to connect with some of our teens that are the mm-hmm. core group um, while they're there. And sometimes our teens just need to see that, oh, yeah, I never even said hi to that person. Or And so what I do, um, Sunday mornings, we'll normally have some visiting teens come into our Sunday school class. And, um, you know, if I see something that day, I don't try to address it that day because I don't want to. I don't want to scare the mouse away, you know, uh, but I will address it on Wednesday night in our teen time. Um, that's our Wednesday night teen time that we really, it's mainly just our core group there. And um, I'll talk to them and say, hey, look, look, guys, we had this teen visitor in the very back, you know, that nobody said hi to except for my wife, you know, or um, so, you know, let's just look beyond our tunnel vision of our friends that we have that we know are our friends. Uh, there's a big world out there. There's people that you could influence. And um, I've said it before, but although you're, you know, a teenager, you can still be a friend. You can go out of your way to help somebody, um, you know, come to Christ and grow in Christ. And and so I try to address that and just say, hey, let's let's go be, go outside of our comfort zone and try to get them into the group. Some people seem to come by it more naturally than others, but I th- I think it is a taught skill to be able to Absolutely. search out someone who's on the outside and bring them in and include them. Another thing in your um, opening statements that you mentioned that I you know you talked about the schedule that you mm-hmm. put out and how that you know you have a set date it gives people plenty of chance to plan for it time wise. But another thing that you mentioned you even put the cost mm-hmm. of the activity on the schedule. Not only does it help them plan their time, but it helps them plan their dollars as sure. well. Can you talk about uh, about you know making activities affordable or the price point for activities and things like that? Yeah, I believe you know it's it's okay to charge for some activities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think every activity ought to be free. Um, I think there are, you know, cease to be some costs involved. And so we do charge for some of our activities, but I try to balance that out and have some free activities in there that, you know, our teen account will absorb uh, the cost. Not any activity is free. There's going to be some cost involved, whether it's fuel or 
food or whatever the case may be. But I try to uh, balance that out, um, you know, to have maybe an, uh, a more expensive activity. Um, you know, for instance, here in a couple of weeks or next week, we're actually going snow tubing up in Andalusia at the Snow Star Resort. going to have a good time. But that's a more expensive activity. And, um, you know, for a family of, you know, that has five teenagers in our group, that's expensive, oh, sure. you know. Yeah. And so I'll balance it out. By February, the activity, um, our youth conference will be free, you know, for them. Sure. And so... Try to balance that out. And another thing you can do to help with that is, is fundraisers uh, to offset some of that cost for, um, you know, your parents of your teenagers uh, that are paying the cost or the teenagers if they pay their own cost, um, you know, to fundraise. And we specifically do um, a few fundraisers in our church, and that helps to um, offset some of the cost and to pay for some of the activities for the free activities that's awesome so obviously we don't we don't have time to delve into you know fundraiser because that's a totally different episode i think but what what are give us some examples of the uh fundraisers you guys do so we i'm blessed we don't have a christian school at our church and so we don't have to share fundraisers and things there's no competition so i kind of get it all um and so i try to do a fundraiser once a quarter um and uh, in February, I do a dessert auction um, slash Valentine banquet, and that is my best fundraiser, um, the one that I do um, that raises the most money, and, and partly because our people are generous and they come expecting to bid outrageous money on a dessert, you know, um, and so that's <laughs> yeah. a good one. I, I do Krispy Kreme sales, and, and that always does really well, and then I do a car wash, and those really take us as where we need to be in our money raising mm-hmm. uh, for our our trip. One thing that we raise the most money for is our destination unknown trip um, that we do a point system in our church uh, youth group, and that's an all expense paid trip. So that's a little bit more um, money, and so we try to uh, have enough fundraisers to cover that and to offset some of the costs of the activities. Awesome. Well, some activities are more successful than others, um, and maybe it's just maybe the preference of the teenager. They like a certain activity better than others, but what are some things that you can do to make sure an activity is successful and will run well well i mean some some teens are going to like an activity better than others um the girls may not like paintballing but your boys will Mm -hmm. you know and so i try to accommodate all of the teens eventually with an activity um you know i ask the girls to go paintballing knowing that i will have an activity that they'll favor more than the boys eventually and um, i try to just look at the activity as a whole and say i want to make sure that everybody's going to enjoy this and at least can have fun. There's some activities that maybe a girl can't do uh, or a boy shouldn't do. And I want to make sure that I have an activity that accommodates everyone. Sure. Um, one other thing that um, we talked about even before we started recording this was um, talking about paying attention to details yeah. and things like that. Can you expound on what you meant by that? A teen knows if you threw the activity together last minute. Okay. And I think it's important that they know if your activity is on Friday and you put all this together on Thursday, you're going to miss some details. And so it's important if you need food to have that planned, if you need, uh, you know, transportation to have you a driver, all of that is details that you've got to pay attention to well in advance so mm-hmm. that team can have the best time if you're going to achieve the end goal of getting visitors and them having a good time building your core group, then you've got to pay attention to details days in advance uh, to make sure that that activity flows just right mm-hmm. so that the team has a good time and you reach your ultimate goal. It kind of shows, I mean, the teen will care for your activities if you care for your activities as well. So that's awesome. One other thing uh, I wanted to talk about is just the participation of the youth pastor in the activities. Obviously, you're you're planning it. You put everything together. You put everything in motion. um, But 
maybe you're the bus driver as well. You're driving them to the activity. But it's not just simply your job to be the chauffeur and the activity planner. What else does a youth pastor need to do on this activity? I think it's important um, to be in the activity with them. You know, if if it's paintballing, or I keep using that, but if it's paintballing, they want to see me get shot, you know. <laughs> and uh, whatever the activity is, my wife and I and my youth workers, we jump in and play right along with them. Uh, whatever it is, we do it with them. Uh, we're not there just to have a free date for my wife and I, you know, yeah. on the on the youth department. Um, it, it's time for us to influence these, these teens, to, um, and it's a perfect opportunity to get to know them better, you know, out of their week go this week. You know, what are they facing? You know, there's those conversations that you can only have while you're having fun with them, you know. And so uh, I always encourage my wife and I, our teen workers, we jump right in and we, we play with them, whatever we're doing. Um, because the teen, that's where you build influence, too. That's where you build um, respect for them. If they see that you're not afraid to get dirty with them and have fun, um, you know, and laugh and cut up, then they'll be more prone to pay attention when you're ready to open the Word of God and preach to them. That's true. That is true. They get to see both sides of who you are, and I think it builds some authenticity um, where they know that you're not fake, you're not shallow. You can have fun just as much as you can be serious. You can be, you know, you can be fun just as much as you can be spiritual. Well, well. Exactly right. And to let them know that, you know what, I've given my life to, to serve you and to see you make it. And, you know, I'm willing to have fun along with, along that journey with you. Mm-hmm. And on the on the on that note, you mentioned, you know, one of the first things as well, you always add the spiritual yeah. uh, to the youth activities as well. Uh, what are some ways that you can do that? Uh, is that how you begin the activity, how you end the activity? I mean, it just depends on what the activity is. Um, I, I balance. I try to have a good balance of going to youth rallies and things as as one of the activities for a month. You know, not every month is going putt putt golfing and um, you okay. know ice skating. Some activities are going to another church's youth rally or youth conference or uh, summer camp, obviously. And um, you know, balancing those. If it's a spiritual activity, you mm-hmm. know, where there's going to be preaching, then maybe I don't have my own testimony time or my own preaching time of myself. But if it's a putt-putt or whatever the case may be, then I'm going to, you know, at least have a prayer time with them, maybe a testimony time of them testifying or uh, and they were getting one of our guides up to preach to them just to um, just to always end it uh, with what brings us together in the first place, and that is because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. You mentioned camaraderie at the beginning. I'm just going to come back to it to kind of close us out here. Um, it's, it's the idea that I think you're dealing, you're dealing with, you know, assuming they're saved, you know, teenagers, you're dealing with the body of Christ and you're dealing with a unit within this local church. And what a huge responsibility it is to make sure there's some cohesion and a a unified church is an unstoppable church. If they, they have a burden for souls, then, you know, as a whole, this church will just do exactly that and will be unstoppable. And I think, you know, a church can, you know, emulate the unity that a youth group has if, you foster that. Exactly right. I always said that if I can have just a few teens get on fire for God, mm-hmm. I can fan that flame. It doesn't take long for that to just see break loose like a wildfire and the whole church catch it. But it only takes a few wet blankets in the teen group to mm-hmm. knock it all out. And I mean, so I try to really take, and this is kind of on a separate issue, but I try to always look into my seniors and just really build in them that I need you to be where you need to be on fire for God man, it'll break loose in the youth group. And um, we're experiencing a little bit of that in our youth group, and I thank the Lord for it. I don't want to do anything that will hinder that. I always try to protect that unity because, man, it is an important thing to have. 
Well, thanks so much for joining us and talking to us about this topic. Uh, if you want to see any of our other conversations with Brother Jonathan Robertson, uh, check out our YouTube channel or any of the podcasting platforms, and you can see our previous conversations and also future conversations as well. Thanks so much for tuning in.